When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. The thing about baseball is, you know, they could get these games in and out in, what, about 90 minutes at the rate we're going right now? You know, if the Met game was any indication last night, which we'll have plenty to say on, by the way, you know we will as we move forward through the course of this morning. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Joe Leo and Harvey Cruz, they are producing the program this morning. We're taking it right up until noon. Then Anita's going to slide into the chairs. Fun, fun, fun Saturday. We got all the baseball. We got the hockey coming down the stretch, of course. We got the final four tonight in Houston. Should be a couple of good games, even though they aren't the blue blood superpowers that we had in the final four last year, of course. But this should be, I think, a pretty entertaining night of basketball if you are a college uh, hoops fan, if you've been into the tournament. So, We'll go down to Houston a little bit later on, check in with our pal Chris Patola, break down the games and forecast who's going to be cutting the nets or cutting down the nets coming up on Monday evening. Plus, you got the hockey, the basketball, everything. It's a fun time of year. It's a great time of year. Kind of quiet week for football, but draft will be here before you know it. And maybe one day Aaron Rodgers will actually be the Jet quarterback, among other things. But we got to start with the Knickerbockers last night, right? Got to start with them because, full disclosure, You know you have no Julius Randle going into this game last night. And you only have a few more left in the season. And coming off of the victory that they had the other night against Miami, okay, in the game where Randle goes down, and you think to yourself, all right, well, that was the one they had to get, right? They had to get the Miami game. Because at the very least, you keep Miami buried down, still in that play-in tournament realm, and you at least assure yourself of not having to take your chance in the playing, right? You get one of those top six spots, no matter where it is, and then you roll the dice and you see how it all plays itself out. So you were feeling okay about yourself. And, you know, now going into Cleveland, realistically speaking, you're not going to catch the Cavs for that fourth spot. So you forget about home court advantage. To me, that was kind of a gravy game last night. You know, the expectations were not high going in because, you know, you didn't have Randall. And you didn't know what to expect. But as that game started to unfold, and Jalen Brunson started to do his thing. I mean, I don't know how many times we've talked about it so far this year. The guy never ceases to amaze. He really and truly does not. And I've run out of superlatives for Jalen Brunson. I think a lot of us have, right? A lot of us have. 48 points, 33 of them in the first half. I mean, no Julius, no problem. Because we got Jalen. We got our guy. And it is just incredible what this guy continues to do. I mean, bad foot, forget it. Sprained hand, forget it. Doesn't matter. And I think that's what makes last night even that much more remarkable in the sense that you're talking about a guy who's been nicked up a little bit here over the last little while. We haven't seen a lot of him. And he just continues to go out there and wow and amaze and put this team on his back, and that's what he did last night. And look, I know that this team is not going to go as far as maybe you would want him to go if Julius Randle is not a critical part of it come playoff time, but you know what? 
this is the most important player on your basketball team. And we've been saying this all year, and last night was just the latest example. Jalen Brunson is the engine that makes this Knicks car go. And I don't know where the last stop is going to be. I don't know where they get off the expressway. I don't know where this journey ends. I really, none of us do. None of us do. But in the meantime, it's fun as hell trying to figure it out. Because, you know, we talk about free agent signings and pickups and money spent. I mean, when it's all said and done, where is this guy going to rank? You know, just think about one year. Right? I know Amari Stoudemire had a great first season when he was signed once upon a time in 2010. You know, the guy was in like the MVP discussion, you know, like two-thirds of the way through the season. Like he was that good for them. And then Carmelo comes aboard and, you know, stats starts to break down a little bit and having the injury issues and that sort of thing. But I can't foresee the same thing happening to this guy. I mean, forget about Nick acquisitions. This dude has the potential. If we keep this thing going in the same direction, I mean, this guy could be like one of the great free agent signings that, you know, we've seen in New York sports. And maybe, just maybe, the biggest compliment and the biggest testament that we can say and we could throw at a Jalen Brunson is look at what's happening to the team that he just left, right? I mean, it's easy to just sit here and continue to throw cold water on the Kyrie Irving and everything that Kyrie Irving touches, you know, turns to rubble. Because it certainly hasn't helped much with him going over there to Dallas. I mean, right now, if the playoffs started today, they'd be on the outside looking in. They wouldn't even be in the playing tournament. But think about how much the Dallas Mavericks miss Jalen Brunson. Think about how much Luka Doncic misses Jalen Brunson. And this is a guy who really didn't even bust onto the scene and become, like, a, a, a regular contributor for this team. I'm talking about, like, you know, starter-type guy. Really, until last season. But think of how much they miss him. And the duel last night with Donovan Mitchell, and, and look, we've said Donovan Mitchell's name enough over the last, you know, 12 months on this station and probably, you know, any other discussion you're having about the Knickerbockers. And that was fun last night. You know, he did his thing, Brunson did his thing, but when it was all said and done, Knicks found a way to win the game. And that was one of the more impressive victories, I think, that this team has had all season. And I know that maybe it's not going to enhance their stock standings-wise, for the playoffs, right? Because right now, I mean, barring something really crazy, they're locked into number five. I can't see the Nets touching this team, and I can't see the Nets catching them. Crazy enough, though, if there was a three-way tie between the Knicks, the Nets, and the Miami Heat, do you know the Knicks would fall down to seven and be in the playing tournament? But you don't have to worry about that. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Because they took care of business last night. If you look at the remaining schedule for this team, I mean, you got Washington coming in to the Garden tomorrow. They're dead. Then you go to Indiana. They're dead. Then you go to New Orleans. New Orleans is still fighting for something. That one could be tricky. And then you close out at home again against Indiana. So all the Knicks got to do is win one more game. They're out of the playing tournament. And that could happen as soon as tonight as far as clinching it because Miami plays Dallas. And if the Heat lose, guess what? You're in the top six. Now, the Nets could still catch you, and the Nets still got some work to do. I mean, they've got some winnable games there, but they got Utah coming in tomorrow. And the Jazz, I mean, have an outside chance of maybe making the playoffs. 
Then they got Minnesota. Then they go to Detroit. He got Orlando coming in. And then they got Philadelphia for that last game of the season. But Philadelphia, by that time, they could have everything kind of wrapped up. They could be locked into their situation. And, and probably Philadelphia is going to be the three seed. So that could be a potential first-round matchup right there with the Nets in Philly. And who knows if Joel Embiid plays or anybody else of consequence for Philadelphia. So these games down the stretch, especially when you're talking about clubs that have things wrapped up, you don't know how they're going to approach it. And, of course, this is the NBA after all, right? This is a sport that thumbs their nose at playing time, that thumbs their nose at stars going out there and actually trying to play each and every single night. And think about it. Last night was the first game you saw all season long with the Knickerbockers that didn't have Julius Randle. You know, this, say whatever you want about the guy and his temper and this and that. You know, dude laces up and the dude goes out there and plays every single night until he couldn't, until last night. But that was fun to watch. It really and truly was. And, you know, I hope that Jalen Brunson, when it's all said and done at the end of the year, even though it's maybe just ceremonial more than anything else, but I hope that the people that cover the NBA – when they sit there and they cast their awards and they do the ballots and all that stuff, I hope that Jalen Brunson gets some MVP love. I really and truly hope so. I'm not saying he's going to win it. I'm not saying he's even going to finish in the top five or should he finish in the top five. But you know what? I don't know how the ballots are for MVP. Like, what does a guy have? You have five votes or something like that? Maybe is it like one through five? I hope, like, somebody throws a couple of fifth-place finishes at him or something like that. Just so, like, when they release that final ballot, and then they have, like, the guys down at the bottom who got a couple of votes. Let Brunson be one of those guys. You know, let Brunson finish in the top ten. Is that too much to ask? Because I know his statistics pale in comparison to some of these other guys. I get it. But the question you keep coming back to, or I keep coming back to, and we always revisit here, would the Knicks be in the situation they are right now with 45 wins, 12 games over 500, sitting in the fifth spot in the Eastern Conference, would the Knicks be where they are today without Jalen Brunson? And the answer is, of course not. And to me, that deserves recognition. You know, part of MVP, part of, you know, the term most valuable, it's not just the best player. It's a guy who makes the biggest difference to his team. You take Jalen Brunson off this team, where are they? Really, where are they? They're probably in the playing tournament. That's where they are. They're probably somewhere down where Toronto is, right, where Atlanta is, duking it out for eighth, for ninth. You know, because the Eastern Conference ain't all that it's cracked up to be either, right? It's just kind of so-so. But that's how valuable this guy is. And hopefully the rest of the league is paying attention. They sure as hell weren't paying attention when it came time to vote for the All-Stars. Right, And it's not like Brunson has picked up his game much since the All-Star snub. I mean, the dude has been doing this all season long. And last night was just the latest and an awesome performance. So tonight you could wrap up a top six spot or you take care of your own business tomorrow. Kind of, you know what? It would kind of actually be a little bit more fitting in front of the home fans to be able to do it tomorrow when you got crummy Washington coming in win the game, wrap up a top six, and you get a nice little round of applause from the Garden Faithful. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Let's talk a little Knicks. We come back, we'll take some phone calls. Also, you'll hear from a guy who a lot of us wanted to be a Nick and a guy who 
Knicks might be seeing a lot of over the next few weeks. And, of course, we're talking about Donovan Mitchell. He had some interesting things to say after the game last night. And we also have to explore, okay, Julius Randle's down for the count. What does that mean? Realistically speaking, what can this team do? It was nice that they won last night without him. But do you actually have faith that they can win a playoff series? Can they get out of the first round if you don't have Julius Randle? We're in the month of April. A lot going on in the world of sports. Dan Grasso with you on this Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. And, of course, talking about the absence of one Julius Randle. And, you know what? He's like, I got it. No problem. 48 points. What can't this guy do? It really is remarkable. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN, on this Saturday morning at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. So Brunson goes out there, does his thing last night, and then Donovan Mitchell also has himself a pretty darn good game. I know Cleveland was shorthanded too, no Jared Allen, but, you know, Jared Allen's a good player. Jared Allen's an all-star player, but he's not Julius Randle in terms of value to their respective clubs. So, I mean, look, both teams were less than 100%. Win counts just the same. But I thought it was interesting listening after the game to some of the comments that Mitchell was making. And he started off, of course, waxing poetic about the guy that we've spent all morning talking about so far, Jalen Brunson. Take a listen to this. He's just shifty. He can get to his spots different ways. The biggest thing is, you know, he had 50, but he had nine assists, you know, at the end of the day. That's the standout. You know, 50 is, is great, you know, and that's, that's a lot of work to put in. But, you know, being able to get everybody else involved, I think that's what I took away the most from that. You know, now he's not accountable just for, you know, 50 points, but at minimum 18 other points. That's that's the tough part, you know, that we just, that I look at and I'm like, all right, we can fix that. And then Mitchell Robinson only plays 22 minutes and has nine offensive rebounds. That's on all of us, not just Evan. We got to go in there and hit him. And, you know, I got to give them credit, you know, they worked. They did different things. Jalen had out of a game, but he got nine assists off. You know, we were doing different things that like I, I don't want to discredit 50 point performance. That's on. That's not what we hang our hat on. But you know, being able to have 50 as well as nine assists changes the complexity of the whole game. I like Mitchell too because he's rounding up to just the nearest tenth. You know, and he's like, hey, he had 48. He might as well have had 50. Good enough. It works, right? And team team won the game. They won it going away. And, you know, it got a little hairy there in the fourth quarter, right? Where you thought that maybe Cleveland was going to make a run and get back in this, or maybe even take the lead, but. Not tonight, not with Mr. Brunson. So it looks as if, right, more and more, I mean, barring something crazy, we're going to get ourselves Cleveland Knicks 
round one of the playoffs. And it's fitting. It's apropos. This is the only way that it could have been. With all the Mitchell rumors from back over the summer, right, it had to be this way. Now, of course, you want Julius Randle back out on the floor to make it at least a little bit more of a fair fight both sides. But Donovan Mitchell talking about that last night after the game, the prospect, the potential of seeing the Knicks in round one. What does that mean to him? It's full circle. You wouldn't want it any other way. You know, what kid wouldn't want to grow up and play against his hometown team in the playoffs? You know, I like to try to move away from the summer. It happened. I'm here and I'm glad to be here. Pretty sure when I go to New York, I'm going to get asked the same <laughs> questions over and over again. But, you know, I'm glad to be a part of this group. I'm glad to be with this team. And, you know, I think for me personally, who wouldn't want it any other way? You know, I think it's a, it's a story ending. It's 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 not ending, but like it's a story storyline. I think it's something that's really special and near and dear to me, being able to play in a playoff game in front of my friends and family, team that I grew up watching. Guy who's the assistant coach over there who kind of basically taught me everything I know at this point. So it's it's great, you know, and I'm, I'm excited for the challenge. You know, it's going to be a lot of fun if that happens. It's going to happen. Like I said, barring craziness, it's going to happen here. And, and Yeah, we're locking it in. Really taking a big leap, right, with like four games left in the season. And, and you know, the, the standings the way they are right now. We're, we're locking this baby in. Take it to the bank. Knicks, Cavs, round one. All right, so... What about the prospects of actually getting into this series if you don't have Julius Randle? Now, they say two weeks minimum until they're going to reevaluate the ankle. Round one of the playoffs is going to start either April 15th or 16th. So it's a little bit more than two weeks' time from when the injury took place. And look, when that happened the other night, it looked bad. It looked bad. Um, the way he was writhing in pain, I mean, he, he could barely sit there and take those two free throws. And then as soon as they got him out of the game, I mean, he didn't even bother walking back to the bench. He just went right to the dressing room and Sia wouldn't want to be. And you could tell him. I mean, and the camera in the tunnel, they actually caught him, you know, stumbling and coming up short. He couldn't even make it out back to the dressing room. So I don't know what to tell you about this thing. I don't know how long it's going to keep him out. I don't know even if he's able to play to what level he's going to be successful because here's the problem. I mean, yeah, you want him out there and even – if he could serve as some sort of a decoy if he's less than 100%. But do you really want somebody out there that, you know, is far from his best self and he's going to be a liability more than anything else? Because what if he's out there and he's, like, chucking the ball up and still taking his, you know, 20, 30 shots a game, but he just he, – he's not that guy. And then he's really not helping the team. Then it's going to be same old what we saw two years ago in the playoffs in that series against Atlanta where, you know, he, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. But you still got a long way for that to happen. But the misconception of this whole thing is, and, and the reason you can't get fooled into it is because you can't expect Jalen Brunson to act like Superman to the way he did last night. You just can't. You know, he's not going to go out there and score 40-plus points any given night, especially in the NBA playoffs, and expect him to overcompensate for the loss of somebody like Julius Randle. You can't. I mean, that's 25 points a game that you're taking away from this lineup. That's a lot. You know, last night to me was an anomaly more than anything else. Not Brunson's performance, but just everybody collectively. And, of course, once you get to the playoffs, the stakes are ratcheted up even higher. You know, you're going to have guys on this team who, you know, don't have extensive postseason experience that are going to go out there and, you know, you can't expect them to perform the same way in the playoffs that you expect them to perform on a Friday night in, you know, late March in a game in Cleveland, which is still a regular season game. And I thought it was pretty telling last night that even with the absence of Randall, you saw how Tibbs managed the rotation. He still only played nine guys. 
right? Jericho Sims, God bless him, he still can't get off the bench. You know, Jericho Sims is a guy, like, when Mitchell Robinson is down, he goes into the starting lineup, right? Plays about, you know, 20 minutes a night, give or take, gets his starts, works up a sweat, runs up and down the floor, does his thing. But then when Mitchell Robinson is healthy enough to come back and play, then Jericho Sims ends up on the bench, and forget about just ends up on the bench. I mean, he's out of the rotation altogether. We never see the guy. And last night without Julius Randle, same thing. That didn't change. All right, Obi got himself a start, but didn't play major minutes. Mitchell Robinson still didn't play major minutes. I mean, the guys that did the heavy lifting, more on the bench is IQ and Josh Hart. And you could even throw in Hartenstein. You know, the Josh Hart pickup, it's like I'm tired of talking about it. That's how just solidly good it's been. Consistently good. Like, you know what you're getting from Josh Hart. It's like death taxes and Josh Hart. You know what you're getting each and every single game. But do I want to roll with this group, these nine guys, going into the playoffs and not having Julius Randle, not having my all-star? No, of course not. Because I wouldn't like their chances. If you tell me that the Knicks are whole, can they beat Cleveland in the first round? 100% they can. And I understand that regular season and playoffs, they do not mean one thing is going to happen again the second time around. It's just not. Playoffs are a completely different animal. So even though the Knicks had a good regular season against the Cavaliers, like once the playoffs start, it's a new season. It might as well be next year already. But I like the way they match up. And I certainly think that they could find a way to get this thing done. Now, you know what's going to happen, right? Let's say the Knicks beat Cleveland. And even if Mitchell goes out there, and scores, you know, 35 to 40 a game. Just as something crazy. Because remember, Mitchell's had awesome postseasons already during his Utah days. He's been incredible. But then we're going to have to hear the same thing in the summer that Mitchell can't get it done in the playoffs, that Mitchell's not a big game player, that his teams never win, on and on and on and on. Meantime, he's going to be the guy with the ball in his hands. He's going to be the guy that you don't want to let beat you in these situations, even though Cleveland's got themselves, you know, I, I, I would say a pretty good team. You know, they're, they're still not upper echelon Eastern Conference. They're kind of like where the Knicks are, right? They're kind of where the Knicks are. You know, on paper, Cleveland might have a little bit more individual star power, but that gap is closing. It's closing in a big way. You know, I should also mention Quentin Grimes, too. You know, he's come on of late. You know, maybe not as much last night here, but, you know, the last handful of games – especially what he's doing on the offensive end, that's good to see. So everybody that was gung-ho on making sure that Grimes wasn't part of any sort of package that would bring back Donovan Mitchell over the summertime, well, you know what? You're starting to see glimpses of why. You're starting to see the flashes as to why they value this guy and why they think he's so valuable to this team moving forward. And it's good to see. It really and truly is. 800-919-3776, that's the telephone number. So, tonight, you might have your top six playoff spot wrapped up. If Dallas could do you a favor, and if they could beat the Miami Heat, then you don't got to worry about anything. You're guaranteed your best of seven. And, and it's, it's going to happen. Whether it happens tonight, whether it happens tomorrow, whether it happens the next day, Knicks are going to be the five seed. I can't see Brooklyn catching them. And I can't see the Knicks just completely collapsing over these last four games of the regular season. But then the question remains, Julius Randle, how do you get him healthy? You know, maybe we make a phone call to Mr. Miyagi. 
Get him out there to the MSG Training Center. Have him do some work on that ankle. You know, get him ready to go by April 15th, 16th, whatever the hell the day is. You know, the magic power of healing. That's what we need for Randall. Because, it would be, you know, it would be a shame to have a season as fun as this to where this team accomplished everything that they did, the performance of not just Randall but Brunson, which is an all-star worthy performance even though he didn't get selected and even though he didn't get recognized. And like I said, the truest sense of most valuable player, right? That's what Jalen Brunson has meant to this team this year. How valuable he's been to the New York Knicks. And without his services, they are nowhere near a 45-win basketball team. Nowhere near it. So you want that payoff at the very end. And you want at least maybe to see if he can steal a first-round series. We come back, we'll take some phone calls. We'll also talk a little baseball here. Season is underway. Mets got a couple of games under their belts. Yanks got a game, victorious in the home opener. Any conclusions to draw from the first few days? Maybe yes, maybe no. We'll talk about it. Dan Gross's show, till noon, 98.7 ESPN. Hacks on, hacks off. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Yeah, it's raining outside. Crummy. Nasty. But it might not be this afternoon, so if you're going out to the Bronx, you know what? You might get a game. You might get a game. Sun's supposed to come out. Then, you know, baseball games nowadays, they take, what, 90 minutes? Give or take? Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. New York Islanders, 50th anniversary season continues with celebrations and giveaways all season long at UBS Arena. ESPN New York wants to make you a part of this historic season. Enter to win two free tickets to see the Isles face off against the Philadelphia Flyers at home on April the 8th. That's next Saturday. So just download the ESPN New York app, scroll down to contests, and submit your entry. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. Be sure to visit NewYorkIslanders.com for team news, tickets, and more. And you can catch every Islanders game live on the Islanders stream, heard only on the ESPN New York app. You'll actually hear some Islanders hockey Right here on 98.7, coming up a little bit later on this evening, 6.30, the coverage as they take on the Tampa Bay Lightning down in Florida. The Islanders trying to officially, officially get a little bit closer and punch their ticket to the postseason. Really, it's a three-team race for two spots for the two wild cards in the Eastern Conference, right? Isles, Pens, Panthers. But Isles will find their way in. We're going to have all three locals in the postseason. It is a glorious time to be alive here. All right, let's go to the phones here. 800-919-3776. Spike's in St. Pete. He's going to be our leadoff hitter here on 98.7. Spike, good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, 
got something to say at the end of the call. But not appropriate to sports, but I'm going to get to the sports. I'm sitting 74 degrees and beautiful here and sunny. Right. I feel for your bad, feel you for your bad weather. Feel for your bad weather. So here's what I see last night. They didn't show out last night much, either team. Yeah, but the guy was missing from Cleveland. Uh, the dust-up with Obi and RJ, all theatrics to a point to me. But Brunson's brilliant. He does more. Donald Mitchell happened to be correct what he said, the assist and all that. Hartenstein was a beast. So you really can't. you got to watch the game. you got to watch switches. And I'm a, I'm a stickler for low turnovers, high rebounds, and keep the other team under their three-point percentage. And you're going to win 80% of the games. I don't think the Knicks turned the ball over five, six, seven times last night, and they certainly out-rebounded them. Be it as it may, this is the second, fourth quarter in a row. I think I'm correct, but at my age, who remembers? You know, you do for me. I, I think Cleveland scored 14 points, if I'm right, in the fourth quarter, and I think yeah, the game prior to the Knicks held the team to 14 points. That's that's playoff basketball. The first half was all glitz. They let them play. And then the fourth quarter, it's time to shut it down. You know this, too, from doing so many games, and I assumed you played at some point. Listen, the fourth quarter is different. The last three minutes are different. I wish no harm on Julius Randle. My last thing, thanks for the time, and I hope the weather clears up for you guys. I got a comment to make on the way the Knicks training staff allowed Julius Randle Walking it off is one thing. When they saw he was, you know, kind of in no man's land there, you mentioned the tunnel thing. Way before that, two guys, they got 20 guys on the bench there, for God's sakes. Have someone come out, one under each armpit, grab the guy and get the the weight bearing off of his uh, ankle. Am I wrong? It it, it seemed kind of odd. And, and Spike, thanks for the phone call. You know, like doing that game – and, and, and you could tell that he was laboring. And, look, none of us are doctors. None of us are trainers. And, look, at the end of the day, they're going to take the player's word. And, look, if anybody should get the benefit of the doubt, it's Julius Randle. I mean, the guy's suited up and he's played every game this season, up until last night. But up until that injury, played and started every single game for the Knicks, which, unfortunately, nowadays in the NBA, you almost want to give somebody the Medal of Honor because of it, just because it is so rare and it's few and far between. Guys don't play every single game anymore in the NBA. Right, We are in this load management society. Like, play every game, what? So when he went down, and you know everybody got on the court and they helped him up initially, and this, and he probably told them, no, I got this. I got, you know, he's a prideful guy. He's a tough guy. I mean, you know, he's a professional athlete. He wants to go out there and do the job that he's expected to do. So he took the two free throws, and, you know, they committed the foul. They got him out of the game. I was kind of surprised that maybe there wasn't somebody there to help walk him off the court get him back to the locker room. He just ended up going there by himself. And then when he even got into the tunnel there, like there wasn't even somebody, as Spike said, that came out and even helped him. Because the cameras kind of saw up until, you know, I would say, look, I've been down that tunnel several times. I mean, it's he was at least halfway to maybe two-thirds of the way down towards the locker room. And he didn't even see somebody out there to help him. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe he just said, I'm good. I got this. You know, I don't know if he made it any worse trying to just get to the locker room by himself, get some weight off of that foot? Who who the heck knows? But the bottom line is this. I don't know if the Knicks can win a round without a healthy Julius Randle. And I'm not sitting here trying to convince you or say that the Cavs are this super team or, or this unstoppable force. I'm not. It's just that, you know, you need every single one of these pieces clicking like they have all season long, to help get them to this point. And, and Randall's a huge part of this team. Remember, they only had one all-star. It was him, right? 
despite the fact Brunson should have been there too. But you need a healthy Julius Randle. Like, you know, a 50% Julius Randle, is that good enough for the Knicks? I don't know in the playoffs. It's pretty obvious. The postseason is a completely different conversation than what you expect to have in the regular season. Like, okay, so you take those 25 points that he gives you night in, night out. You take that out of the lineup. Who are you counting on to step up in a big way in the playoffs? Remember something. A couple of years ago, that first round series against Atlanta, Randall was somebody who was an all-star that year, most improved player in the NBA. What was he, all-NBA, second team, third team, whatever the hell it was. He had a phenomenal season, right? And he was your best player. And then when he got to the playoffs, it was a completely different story. So now you're talking about other guys on this team, guys who haven't had the season that Julius Randle had, and now you're expecting them to help pick up the slack to increase their production even more when you have no assurance that it's even going to be able to happen. Like you're telling me Quentin Grimes, you're going to expect Quentin Grimes to be a 25-point-a-night guy come the playoffs when he's had virtually no experience in the postseason? R.J. Barrett, who struggled in the postseason a couple of years ago, you, you're going to tell me you're going to expect R.J. Barrett to go out there and, and, and put up 25 a night in the playoffs? Right? Mitchell Robinson, who's been complaining and sending out these, you know, messages on social media that, you know, he wants more touches and he wants to be involved in the audience. All of a sudden, we're going to ask Mitchell Robinson to morph into the second coming of Patrick Ewing in the playoffs because Julius Randle isn't here. You want Mitch to be a 2010 guy? No. Obi's going to come in and, and, and score 20 a night off the bench. Going to be a big loss. You know, Emmanuel quickly can't score 40 each and every time out there. That's not going to happen. I mean, even Jalen Brunson, like Jalen Brunson is not going to sit there and put up 40-plus points on a regular basis. That's asking too much. Bottom line is, if the Knicks are going to have to go into the playoffs without Julius Randle, or even a healthy Julius Randle, and I know that it's a different world right now in the NBA than what we're used to, but I would think that the best plan of attack for a Tom Thibodeau team in the postseason, if you're going to be missing one of your top guns, is, you know what, you better take the air out of the ball. You better slow the game down. And you don't want that scoreboard to look like the 4th of July, where there's points and fireworks lighting up those scoreboard lamps. That's what you don't want to happen. Because you know what? You almost want to play like the Miami Heat if you're down a guy, right? Recommit to defense. Maybe it's not going to be a high-scoring affair. But you got to do what's necessary to win. you got to find a recipe that's willing to help you get to the finish line. Not about style. When you get to the playoffs, it ain't about style points. It's about how do you get one in your pocket and move on to the next one. And hopefully you can get four out of seven and just keep moving on in the season. That's what the playoffs are all about. And if this team is going to be less than 100%, quite honestly, I don't know what their chances are. Look, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that they're going to the NBA Finals or even the Conference Finals, but if you're not going to have a healthy Julius Randle, I mean, shoot, there's no assurances you're getting out of the first round. That's just the reality. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Dan Gross' show, we're rolling till noon on this busy Saturday here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. On this Saturday, a needle takeover 
at that time. She goes till 3 o'clock. Then our pal Gordon's going to have a live broadcast today from Mohegan Sun, so you want to tune into that. And if you're in the area, stop by and say hello to Gordon. He doesn't bite, I promise. And then we got Islanders hockey coming up at 6.30. They're going to take on the Tampa Bay Lightning. So a busy, a busy Saturday for you to kickstart your April. It looks as if, and again, I'm, don't hold me to it. You know, I, I don't want to be the, uh, the authoritative voice on this. And probably right now when you look out the window, you're kind of pessimistic. But apparently there's a shot that they could play baseball this afternoon in the Bronx with the Yankees and the San Francisco Giants. I guess that's the... Good thing about having a 4 o'clock game today because apparently this rain is going to stop and the skies are actually going to brighten for a few hours and they're going to get nasty again tonight, so says the forecast. But I don't know, maybe the Yankees aren't going to be or are just going to be a little bit more conservative and, you know, not have people come out and risk it and that type of thing. The only problem is, is you know, you, if you rain this game out, then you're going to have to play a doubleheader tomorrow. Do you really want to do that? Because, of course, you're talking about a team in San Francisco that's not coming back again this year, and they're all the way out on the other coast, and do you really want to try to give up an off day and reschedule a makeup later on in the season? So they're probably going to do everything they can to try to get this game in this afternoon. We'll see if the weather cooperates here. But, you know, what you saw from the Yankees on opening day, look, I don't know if you could ask for more. You know, you had your ace go out there, even though it was kind of a chilly, nasty day, which is always advantage pitcher. But you had Cole go out there and completely dominate the San Francisco Giants. And that's what you expect him to see or expect to see from him every single time he takes the baseball or at least close to it. Now, so much more so because the Yankees right now dealing with the injuries to that starting rotation when you're down three guys for how long that is, who the heck knows. But Cole being one of your mainstays and the guy who is your stopper, and the guy that every time he steps out on that hill, you expect him to deliver in a big way, you know, that could go a long way to help navigate through this early part of the season to where maybe things are a little bit uneasy for this team. Now, you're not going to make any sort of crazy, ridiculous conclusions one way or the other off of one game, two game, even 20 games. You know, baseball's a marathon. It's not a sprint. But at least for a small sample size, with all the pageantry, everything that you expect to see, he couldn't have asked for anything more from opening day. The ace goes out there and dominates. Judge, fresh off the big contract extension, he goes out there and he hits a home run in his first time up at the dish. You know, it was a perfect day if you were a Yankee fan. And you went out there and, you know, you got to experience the whole nine yards with, with the, the opening day and the ceremonies. It was great. So now you move on and you can continue on with the rest of your season. Mets, on the other hand, you know, I... I I, I, it's it's kind of an odd first couple of games in the sense that, all right, for the most part, you've gotten good, solid pitching. You know, Scherzer had that one bad inning in the sixth where he kind of ran out of gas a little bit. But other than that, you know, I think that the bullpen is pretty good. I mean, David Peterson last night getting pressed into duty because of, you know, the injuries that they're dealing with right now. And other Well, Peterson was a guy who won the fifth spot because Quintana went down. But, you know, he, he kind of dodged in and out of trouble a bit, but made the pitches when he had to. And, look, every time David Peterson takes the mound, if he's only going to give up one run, I, I think you take it as a Met fan. <laughs> I mean, that goes without saying. And you just hope that the bats are going to wake up here at some point. You know, really and truthfully, I mean, that's, I, I think, the best that you can hope for here because, you know, going into the season, that was the one concern that I have and still have about this team, and that's the offense. Do they have enough in the lineup 
to be able to consistently for 162 games go out there and win baseball games. And we know that they didn't go out there and add to it during the offseason. They tried, right? They tried to sign Carlos Correa and give him the huge money contract, which I think would absolutely have been a huge addition to this team, much needed, but they didn't get it done, right? All the boxes didn't check when it came to the physical, and so here we are. I, I just I don't love this lineup. You know, it's good. It's not great. And in a big spot, you know, when you're going up against good pitching and good teams, and I know that the playoffs are years and years down the road, and you know that that could be fixed, and I would be surprised, given the wherewithal and with Steve Cohen and everything, that if they don't go out there and bring in another piece and another component to this offense by the trade deadline or certainly by the time October rolls around, because that's the area I think that you could use some shoring up, really and truthfully. But, look, it's a couple of games – You do worry about certain spots, though. You know, and what you saw out of Max Scherzer the other night, you hope that that one start is not a microcosm for his entire season, where he looks really, really good for the majority of it, but then at the very end kind of peters out a little bit and runs out of gas, which is what happened to him last year. And he had a couple of stints on the I.L. last season, and then towards the tail end, in the last two starts he had to make, they weren't very good. The playoff start against San Diego – Start before that down in Atlanta against the Braves when first place was on the line. He didn't get the job done when he needed him to, right? And this is a trend because you're talking about a guy who's pushing 40 years of age. And, oh, by the way, you're a Met fan. You're sitting there on opening day, and you get the news. Like, you couldn't even make it up. Like, you had to check and see if it was April Fool's Day or not on Thursday. When they put out that release, what was it, two hours before first pitch to start the season, that Justin Verlander is going on the injured list because of a Tursa major strain or, or whatever the hell. I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I, I, you know, I've been watching sports my whole life. I've never heard that term before. Not that I'm a doctor or, you know, a medical professional, but just, you know, you would think we would learn all of these fancy terms just by following sports. And this is what the Mets are going to drop on you a couple of hours before the season starts. That a guy who just won a Cy Young Award last year, and for the most part throughout his career, despite the fact that he had Tommy John a couple of years ago, you know, he's been pretty damn durable, which is why at 40 years of age, he gets a contract like he did from the Mets. And then before he even throws a pitch, he's on the injured list. What the F? <laughs> I mean, it's just like when it rains, it pours. And that's when you start to examine, and that's when you really have to sit there and, and, and ask yourself, like, is this franchise cursed? I mean, there have been a lot of examples over the years, but then this would just be the latest. You bring on the Cy Young winner. You want to pair him with the other f- close to 40-year-old pitcher that you have, two future Hall of Famers, and then one of them's not even able to make his first start of the season or first couple of starts of the season because he's on the I.L. So if you're the Mets, you began the season with Verlander and Edwin Diaz, two of the most important guys on your team, down for the count before the season even starts. <laughs> it's like you can't even make it up. You can't even make it up. All the while, you're watching what's going on in the Bronx on Thursday. Judge is hitting home runs. Cole is striking out people left and right. And it's just, you know, what can you do? What can you do? You know, life of being a Mets fan, that's what it is. I will say this, though. Last night, Watching the Marlins with those throwback uniforms, like wearing the teal, and they're going to do that this year, like on Friday home games for the Marlins. They're going to wear like the throwback unis. That was pretty cool. That was cool to see. 
you know, going back some 30 years when they burst onto the scene. And that was, you know, that was the hats they wore, those teal hats. And then on the road, they would wear the black ones. Like, I thought those uniforms were cool. And the Marlins have done a bunch of different things to their uniforms over the years just to try to make, you know, people come out to the I, You know, the other thing, too, it just reminded me. I had a couple of buddies who were down there for the game. And just watching it on TV, I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen an environment at a ballpark so anticlimactic, so anti what opening day is supposed to be than whatever the hell you call that on Thursday down in Miami. And, you know, just rewind to last week when they had the World Baseball Classic games down in that ballpark. And there wasn't a seat to be had. The place was jumping. You had really good baseball being played. Like, it actually looked like a professional sports environment, like what you would hope to see. And then you had that on Thursday. Where it looked like, I mean, like you would have thought it was a high school baseball game. Only the lower bowl was filled. There was just like no buzz. They're playing this like music, which is just like so not what you would expect from like opening day of baseball. Like all the lights blared, like the laser lights and the blinking lights. I'm like, what the hell is this? No wonder why people don't go to games down there. And I don't even think they're a bad little team. You know, they got some talent, but I guess that's their problem, not ours, right? Anyway, when we come back, I want to continue the conversation about baseball because, and specifically if you were watching the Met game last night, didn't look like a baseball game that we've watched most of our lives, right? Good thing, bad thing. We'll talk new rules. We'll talk pitch clock when we return. We go till noon. It's Dan Grassi here on a Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN.